Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is David Walker, and we're here today with a quick podcast about two of the new Falcons hires this offseason. Of course, we're talking about new head coach Arthur Smith and new GM Terry Fontenot from the New Orleans Saints. To join me and to talk about this, I've asked Evan Birchfield from the Post Game Podcast to join me. Evan, how are you? I'm great, DW. And the one and only Gina Kelly. Gina, how are you? I am doing great, David. Thanks. How are you? Uh, fantastic. And I'll tell you what, these were some interesting um, press conferences, which is saying something because normally these things tend to be incredibly vanilla. Uh, Gina, I don't have to tell you that. You've you've seen enough of these to know that uh, 99% of the content is worthless. Yes, <laughs> yes. Just sound bites and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start with Arthur Smith because the 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 Falcons started their preps conferences this morning with the head coach um, Fontenot. I think got announced around seven forty five, seven thirty, something like that on Tuesday morning. Apparently, they were uh, still negotiating the contract up until midnight on uh, Monday the eighteenth. They finally got that worked out. Obviously, Arthur Smith was done uh, last week, uh, but in his presser. Uh, a, a few things came across to me, and I want to get uh, your your thoughts on this. Uh, number one, uh, the word accountability came up repeatedly, uh, and Gina, I was saying this on Twitter. It, you know, when they brought in Dan Quinn, one of the words that they sort of used um, repeatedly was development. They they kept talking about developing players, and it felt like it was partially an indictment of what they felt like they didn't get out of Mike Smith in, in his tenure with Atlanta. And now we're hearing this word accountability and it feels like a very similar situation where the, the people who are saying it, it's, it's sort of an indictment of what maybe they thought they didn't get enough of out of Dan Quinn. You feel like that's fair. And is that a word? Is that a, a, a theme that you think is encouraging for what they want to do with this team going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, when you look at the ways that the Falcons have lost games, um, you know, I, I go back in particular to the botched onside kick situation against mm -hmm. Dallas earlier at this season. Um, you know, you'd hear all the same things after losses, and then they would come out and still make these boneheaded mistakes. And so you do have to wonder if the missing link there was accountability. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that accountability is always a good thing in every situation. And so, <laughs> you know, it's certainly something that I don't mind them focusing on. Going back to the development thing with Dan Quinn, we all remember how Mike Smith would, you know, draft rookies and then, you know, let them languish on the bench or on special teams for years instead of seeing what they could do, especially on defense. Um, and so I think that that was, you know, that's, that's a fair connection to draw between um, the focus on 
you know, development with Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn really did focus on development. We saw a lot of young guys get chances and really, um, you know, sort of surprise everybody with their ability. And so, but I do think that moving on to accountability is, is the right move. Um, I think that that's certainly a logical explanation for the way that we saw them lose close games. And yeah, I all more accountability is something that I am all for. <laughs> uh, and at least based on the reports we heard, you know, Dan Quinn was clearly loved by the players and frankly, by everyone in that building, yeah. but it did seem like at times there was some of like that Jim Mora type of closeness with the players where, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he wasn't holding guys uh, accountable as much as he needed to. So that, that was interesting to hear from Arthur Smith as he, you know, sort of hammered that home. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan, in what you saw from the the press conference from Arthur Smith, was there anything that stood out to you about his style or what he talked about specifically that maybe you thought, hey, this is different. This is this is going to be a change from what we had under Dan Quinn. Yeah, it felt refreshing overall. Um, and I know we'll talk about the second interview after, but the first one with Arthur Smith, I just thought he nailed it. Um, one of the big quotes, and also if you didn't get a chance to watch it, um, our very own Kevin Knight uh, tweeted out a ton of the quotes from um, – from the press conferences, I recommend going over to his Twitter account and reading them. But my favorite one that stuck out for me for Arthur Smith was the last thing you want is a bunch of yes men on the staff. I think a lot of the times, not even just on the football field, but in the business world, even up to running countries, a lot of these people who are in (laughs) positions of being leaders aren't actually leaders. They don't surround themselves with people who have differing ideas or differing opinions on stuff. And I think that's at the end of the day, what makes a great leader and hearing him say that he doesn't want a bunch of people who are just going to coddle him and be like, yeah, that's a good decision because you said it just because he's head coach. Um, I love that quote. Um, that, that gives me some hope going into it because you don't want to have a, you know, if you're on the sidelines trying to make a decision on a fourth and three, should you go for it? A bunch of guys are going to be like, yeah, just go for it because you want to. You've got to have some people there who, you know, I don't know what, what kind of coordinators. I know there's been rumors and stuff, but whoever's going to stand there and be in his ear, you know, if they don't like the call or, hey, don't waste the time out here. Just kind of that little stuff, I think, plays a big part in it. But um yeah, I mean that was my favorite quote of the day from him. That's a that's a great one, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I I'd actually forgotten about that. Um, but to your point, that is many organizations, many uh, you know entities that have multiple people in it are often undone by the fact that you have a single voice and just a bunch of people parroting it instead of dissension and you know sort of that in, incredibly powerful but incredibly needed back and forth, the, the multitude of ideas that come together that create, you know, real change and uh, create real progress. So uh, yeah, fantastic point. Thank you, Evan. Um, Gina, one of the other things we heard from Arthur Smith, because when we heard, you know, the Falcons had signed him, there was some uh, frustration at some of the initial rumors that came out that intimated that Smith might not be the play caller that, you know, he, he would bring in an OC and uh, turn it over to them. Uh, He confirmed today that he would not be doing that, that Arthur Smith, much like Sean McVay, much like Kyle Shanahan, he would continue to be 
the offensive play caller on Sundays for the Falcons. How important do you think that is, um, especially, you know, that's going to be a lot on his plate being a first-time head coach, but uh, obviously his credentials coming over are as a phenomenal play caller. Uh, How important do you think it is for him to retain that responsibility? You know, I think that it's something that we're just going to kind of have to see where the rubber meets the road. It is a big adjustment going from a coordinator position to a head coaching role. Um, Mm -hmm. If he has, you know, the defensive coordinator, if that's somebody that he trusts, if he has somebody who can help him with in-game decisions, if necessary, you know, that that can sometimes be an issue when you're focused on calling plays. Um, But I think that there are ways to for a head coach to retain that responsibility and still be successful. One thing that I really did like, I'm reading up on the press conference, conference after the fact because I was in an interview. I like that he talked about the fact that they um they he said uh, this is from Will McFadden. Um he said that they had primarily like a wide zone foundation with the Titans, but they also sought to be adaptable and utilize multiple different approaches on offense. And so to me, like that coupled with him calling the plays, I think is is potentially a real strength for Atlanta. Yeah. And to that point, Jenny, you and I have talked about this extensively, the importance of offensive line play and um, understand, you know, I've had many conversations about the yeah. offensive line over the years. Uh, he actually played on the offensive line in college. Yes. So yeah. he has a good bit of experience in that area. How excited are you about the fact that our head coach now is someone who probably uniquely understands the importance of the offensive line in a successful offense? Well, as you know, I'm a big fan of that whole position, a group. Um, I, the offensive line is so important. You know, if Matt Ryan has enough time to throw the ball, he can make the plays. And so having somebody in the head coaching role who understands that and is going to be committed to an effective, cohesive offensive line, that is definitely, and it's going to be an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, I will say that's the one thing that I feel like gets overshadowed a little bit because obviously he had a ton of success in the two years he was offensive coordinator with the Titans, but I feel like it's his diverse background uh, with the offensive line that gives him a little bit of an edge over, you know, some of the other guys that, you know, maybe were in skill positions or even quarterbacks that moved on to become offensive coordinators. Um, Evan, any final thoughts on Arthur Smith, your general impression of him as a head coach and and maybe what you're excited to see him do as, as he leads his team forward? Yeah, just to mention about the uh, about him calling plays, I think it, it's kind of similar to, and I know there's been rumors about um, a veteran defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, probably coming back. Actually, it sounds more like when, not if, um, but right. it's kind of similar to what the Rams did with Sean McVay, uh, a young offensive mind taking over the reins in 2017, and they paired him with Wade Phillips early on so that he didn't have to worry as much about the defensive side of the ball, I think that would be kind of a similar situation. Obviously, different people and different, you know, styles of how they call the game and stuff. But similar structure where you're going to have this defensive mind who he's familiar with and trusts and has a ton of experience on defense, more than likely. And he'll be able to focus on the offense early on. So, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, I didn't have any bad takeaways. Uh about the press conference or anything like that. So optimistic, I guess would be the word. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which I think for any Falcons fans should always start with cautiously optimistic (laughs) Uh, as, as our, our war wounds have shown us, you can't be too optimistic as a Falcons fan, but uh, it does feel good to have a new head coach in place. 
This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's move on to the GM. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) a lot of fans are worried that this guy who's literally spent 18 years with the Saints, uh, Terry Fontenot, is coming over to lead the Falcons into the next era. But... I want to say the first thing that struck me watching his press conference, and I, I did get the opportunity to watch most of it. The the thing that struck me is this guy is the opposite of what Thomas Dimitrov was. Uh, Dimitrov was very sort of cool, calculated, you know, very slick, sort of business like, and Fontenot is none of those things. He was uh, emotional. Um, he seemed to be very honest and forthright. Uh, he didn't try to hide anything. Uh, he seemed to be uh, just down to earth and very humble as well. Uh, and someone that uh, I think, I don't think anyone in the press corps walked away with an unfavorable impression of this, of this guy. In fact, I think he left an incredible impression on anyone that saw that press conference. So, uh, Gina, I'll start with you. I, I know you didn't get the chance to watch it, but you did get to see some of the feedback about yes. him. Uh-huh. Um, what are your thoughts on just his first step with Atlanta? And obviously the fact that he's coming from that saints organization and how difficult that may actually make it for him to win over people in Atlanta. Yeah. And I have, you know, kind of gotten a kick out of people being anxious about, Fontenot coming over from New Orleans because they're like, oh, what if he's a saboteur? And I'm like, that's not the way that it works. But um, <laughs> what what I what I would say to Falcons fans to kind of put their mind at ease is, I, I my favorite thing that I saw out of this presser today was a photo that Will McFadden also tweeted, and it's you know Fontenot has his children all dressed in yep. Falcons gear already. It says that his son's favorite player is Julio Jones. And, you know, he's wearing red and black. And the the photo that Will tweeted is just really precious. And I think that it just kind of is emblematic of the fact that he is committed to the job and he is committed to Atlanta and being the best GM that he can be. So uh, I really liked a lot of what I read from the press conference today. Um as I was catching up with the after the fact, I, I, I like that he says that they're, you know, gonna focus on best player available BPA, um, BPA, <laughs> BPA. And so, uh, and yeah, I just think that he's been around, you know, watching Mickey Loomis work his voodoo on the cap for 18 years. And I think that he's got really good experience and I'm really excited for him to get a shot in this role. I, it sounds like he and Arthur Smith are going to work well together. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Loomis because one of the things that came out um, from Arthur Blank was that uh, Mickey Loomis actually called Arthur Blank and he told him that if he were retiring today, that Fontenot would have been the next GM yeah. for the New Orleans Saints, yeah. um, which I think is incredible praise. Uh, and obviously, I, I do not want to get into a situation where I'm praising anything the Saints do. Right. Um, but Mickey Loomis has been a GM in this league for a long time and for a reason. He has, he has been successful. Um, so, you know, Fontenot is not coming from, you know, like a, a organization like the Lions or something like that. Mm-hmm. This guy's coming from an organization that has repeatedly been in the playoffs, has won many of the NFC South titles. Uh, so, you know, it pains me to say that. But uh, Evan, on that note, do, do you feel like that sort of uh, that endorsement from Mickey Loomis that, you know, this was a guy that they were grooming essentially to become their next GM? Do you feel like that? Uh, gives you some confidence that this guy's going to be able to come in and hit the ground running and, and do a good job from day one? Yeah. I mean, first off, it's like what made this whole situation unique is that the the position he had with the Saints isn't one where he's giving a lot of sound bites and stuff. So I think a majority of the fan base, uh, me included, I, I knew what he looked like and stuff, but I've never heard him do any press conferences or anything. I don't know if either one of you have. Um, nope, but I was blown. I was completely blown away. Um, I, I, I like the first like two minutes sold me. Um, overall, when he got to talking about Von McClure, and I know both of you were close with Von mm-hmm. also. Um, just the passion this guy has, it, and this was just one press conference. Um, it right. blew me out of my seat. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, it just felt good. Like, and it was Arthur Blank who said it. It was just like a little, like, <laughs> like he just slipped it in. He's like, by the way, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but Mickey Loomis called and, you know, that was kind of like the bomb of the interview for me. It was like, oh, wow. So <laughs> this dude's been getting groomed for 18 years and we just stole him away from the Saints organization. I hate that. Because, <laughs> I mean, hey, you got, you know, even though we all hate the Saints, like, they have had a reasonable amount of success and he's played a big part in it. Um, and now he's our general manager. And I mean, Gina mentioned it like his family, like you just listen to him and it's hard not to be optimistic and have hope and believe in what this guy's selling. Um, and this was just, like I said, one interview, like I'm looking forward to, you know, the next one and the next one, it's going to be fun. Uh, however long he is in Atlanta, like hearing this guy talk, uh, Terry Fontenot seems like a really genuine guy. Um, just refreshing is, is the word I'll put for, <laughs> for Fontenot. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, Gina. I've been uh, doing the series, <clears throat> pardon me, where I've, I've, you know, been reviewing each of the seasons that Thomas Dimitrov had uh, with the Falcons as GM and as I went through it, you know, I was thinking about it. it I don't remember uh, Dimitrov at any particular time being, you know, jokey or funny or, you know, sort of goofing around with, mm-hmm. uh, with the press. He, he was always very, yeah, we'll, we'll call it business-like. For, yeah, uh, yeah, that's keep true. It, um, I, can, I can remember one time, and it was not a media situation, where it was they used to record, like Mike Smith had a radio show that they would record on Monday nights. Before mm-hmm. I was with the Falcoholic, I would take my kids up there, and he would always have a special guest. 
and the kids afterward could get autographs and stuff. Like it was a sporting goods store by my house. And so I was up there one day and Dimitrov was the special guest and my daughter, Chelsea, she was probably, you know, seven or eight at most at the time she launches into, you know, her own recap of the Falcons game the day before and was like <laughs> giving him her opinion on how they played. And he was so polite and like, he listened, he was, he was very engaged with her. He was very nice. That was earlier in his career. He got a little bit chippier. <laughs> as time went on but um yeah so i you know i don't think that he was always a pain in the ass but i think that by the end of his tenure here he he was a pain in the ass <laughs> uh, let's hope that uh Fontenot has a different trajectory <laughs> in his time in atlanta uh and just to be clear because i've, I've had a couple people ask me and, and correct me on this it is Fontenot, not Fontenot, uh because i i actually said his name wrong several times on the previous podcast so uh, well, I've been saying it wrong right. this whole time. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine, Evan. Uh, we'll all get used to it. And to that point, I don't think anyone has ever said Dimitrov's name properly. They always say Dimitrov, and I think mm-hmm. it's actually uh, Dimitrov. But anyhow. I think it might actually be Dimitrov. Dimitrov. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So yeah. I, I <laughs> oh, still not getting it right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say Dimitrov anyway, even though I know that it's probably not that oh well yeah. <laughs> oh sure well he's, actually he's called me jenna too so i think that we're even oh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah the, that that evened out perfectly yeah. um all right so we, we've got the two initial press conferences for these guys uh underway uh they're you know hopefully i think smith is here in atlanta fontenot still has to make his way from louisiana here um Obviously, they didn't get into talking about the, the the players on the roster. It's a bit early for that. Uh, understandably so. Both guys just got hired. Um, they did have praise for players like Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, clearly. Um, so, you know, for those of you who are listening, hoping that there were some, you know, big revelations about the roster, I, I'm sorry. Th- these guys just aren't going <laughs> to give it away yet. Um, that said, I do think, you know, Jenny, you mentioned it earlier, the, the BPA talk, one of the things that Fontenot said, which I think is encouraging, is he wants to model his career after uh, probably legendary GM, uh, Ozzie Newsom, yeah. uh, who very much had that best player available, regardless of position philosophy, that netted him quite a few fantastic players over the years. Um, does that give you some encouragement? You know, Because we've seen the opposite. You know, Dimitrov was really more of a needs-based drafter. Uh, a guy who looked at the talent and, and you know considered the needs the Falcons had, and he would bypass best player if he felt like you know there was a bigger need for the team. Mm-hmm. Are you on board with a pure BPA philosophy for this team going forward? Yeah, I love it. And let me start by saying that if I could take any GM from any moment in history and drop him into the front office for the Falcons, it would be Ozzy because I just think that he's one of the best to have ever done it. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's he's certainly a, a good person to emulate. I actually really do like the BPA approach. And another thing that Fontenot said that stood out to me is that um, they're not really going to, they're not really going to look at any position and think, oh, we're good there, which leaves their options open to really take the best player available. And so I think that that's really smart. Um, I think that it's, it's not the way that this team has been built since 2008. And I think that it will be refreshing to see what comes of this change. 
Yeah. Uh, I will say this because I've, I've heard people, you know, make this point before when it comes to best player available. Uh, if you end up with uh, too many good players at the position, that's a great position to be mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Uh, because those guys inevitably, if you have two future Hall of Famers at the position, um, you know, and you need to trade away for uh, another pick, uh, you're in great position to get some good draft capital with a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that philosophy, people lose sight of the fact that, you know, you could have an average starter or you can have a, uh, a Hall of Fame starter always take the Hall of Fame starter, regardless of who, who else you have on the roster at that point in time. Um, Evan, one last thought on Fontenot and, and sort of the philosophy that he's bringing in. Um, you know, we, we just mentioned Ozzie Newsom. One thing that Ozzie Newsom also did uh, in his time as a GM is he was very willing to trade back. In fact, he did it uh, quite often in the first round. And obviously the Falcons have the number four pick. Um, based on what you saw from him in this press conference, do you feel like there's, do you feel like they're cemented in at grabbing a quarterback? Do you feel like they're going to just see who's there? Or do you feel like there is a legitimate chance that uh, the Falcons first move in the draft could be to, to back up in the first round? Yeah, I think before hiring both of these guys, uh, I'd say most of the fan base would expect a quarterback to be taken. Um, now that they've been hired and we've heard both these press conferences um, with like Arthur Smith's praise of Matt Ryan and this whole BPA thing, uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. At least it's kind of more up in the air. Um, you know, definitely it's still early. The draft's still months away and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's definitely on the table that they could move back in the draft. And I wouldn't hate that, um, collect more picks or they could go BPA and it may not be a quarterback. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's refreshing though. I'll go back to the word I labeled for Fontenot, um, because this kind of stuff we knew we weren't going to trade back. Um, if anything, we move (laughs) up or we just take some random, random guy that, you know, and it, sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't, but, uh, I find this all exciting. Um, but overall, yeah. I mean, the, again, I can't keep saying it over and over, but the dude just blew me away in this press conference and there's more to come and stuff like that. And he hadn't, you know, mentioned a whole lot about the roster. I don't even think he got really into it. Arthur Smith seemed to get a little more into it, but, um, yeah, I'm just excited. Uh, there's a lot of moves to be made. I mean, with the whole cap space situation and, uh, excited. Yeah. Uh, perfectly said, uh, Gina, any final thoughts on Arthur Smith or Terry Fontenot as we close out the podcast? No, I mean, I'm just really excited having watched Tennessee's offense over the past few years. Um, you know, knowing what he brings to the table, having heard what they both have to say, I'm especially excited about Fontenot. You know, it was fun for me since I couldn't watch the press conferences live. What I did have was just a constant stream of Falcons fan reactions. And during Fontenot's um, interview or presser, everybody was just going nuts. Like everybody loved him. Everybody was super excited. And so it was just nice to see. It's nice for this fan base to have something to be excited about. I'm certainly excited about these two. And I hope that they give us reasons to stay excited once we get to September. Absolutely. Uh, Evan, any final thoughts? Um, No, I mean, that was perfectly said by Gina. Uh, Just it's nice to have hope again. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, it, that that also makes me think of that scene in the Avengers where uh, Hawkeye <laughs> turns back and says, "Don't don't make me have hope. Don't give me hope." Yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying. To, I, you know, I watch both press conferences, and I'm trying to think of a moment where I was like, "Ooh, I don't like that," and I honestly don't remember anything. Um, it's oh, like I, I found know. myself. Uh, was it the McKay talk? Something no, there was McKay. the one. No, there was the one moment where. Um, Arthur Smith said, you know, he wanted the team to be fast and physical. Oh, that. <laughs> and uh, I, I literally, when I think Kelly Price um, had, had tweeted that out and I, I quote tweeted her, it said Falcons Twitter is about to have a full blown meltdown. <laughs> and I, I think that probably is the case. No one wants to hear fast and physical. Find some synonyms, buddy. Uh, we, we're not going to take that anymore. So that would be probably the only thing, Evan, I would say that he uh, he probably slipped up on. Yeah. But um, overall, I think they both got solid A's. Like, I, I, yeah. I, liked, it. I liked what they said in both press conferences. Um, I think what's going to be very interesting that I know we'll talk about later is this whole how the scouting combine. I mean, this is going to be his first draft. Uh, I'm term- talking about uh, Fontenot's first draft as a GM um, of the Falcons, and there's not going to be a like an in-person scouting combine. It's going to be a little changed up this year, so that'll be very interesting to see how they handle that. Yep, absolutely, uh, and obviously we're going to cover that at the site, and of course here on the podcast. So, uh, Gina, why don't you remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? Sure. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. You can find me on this podcast that you're listening to, uh, which we have been recording more consistently. Um, And, or at least I have actually been showing up for it more consistently. So that is good. Uh, You can find me on the Friday show of the SB Nation NFL show where it's called Football Cheat Sheet. We talk about fantasy football and gambling and this time of year, definitely DFS. And then definitely check out all of the great work at our sites that are still covering playoff teams. That's Acme Packing Company for the Packers, Arrowhead Pride for the Chiefs, Buffalo Rumblings for the Bills, and Bucks Nation for the Buccaneers. Uh, congratulate them for knocking the Saints out of the postseason. Yep. And yeah, I think that that is pretty much it. Yep, and uh, we're all Packers fans this week. Yes, we are. <laughs> Big time. Big time. Big time. Um, Evan, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. You can find all of our great t- content at thefalcolic.com. Um, I've got an interview coming out soon with uh, Andy Lavitri, who in 2013 and 2014 played for um, our Falcons' new head coach, Arthur Smith. He was a offensive line and tight end coach at the time but he had a lot to say about him and how players will love him and all that great stuff so uh, i think that'll be thursday or friday but yeah this was fun great stuff evan uh as for you guys you can find me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at the falcoholic.com so for gina kelly and evan birchfield this is david walker thank you guys for listening in we'll talk with you next time